Welcome to the uh, live recording of Cult Cinema Cavalcades episode brought to you by the Established Facts podcast stage here at Indie PopCon 2016. On this episode, we'll be talking about the 1985 martial arts meets gymnastics action thriller, Gymkata, starring Kurt Thomas as Jonathan Cabot. His title, three-time world gymnastics champion. His assignment, a secret mission for the United States government. His only weapon, himself. And that's all he needs. Combine the discipline, the timing, and the power of gymnastics with the explosive force of karate. And a new, all-powerful martial art is born. Jim Kata. Kurt Thomas becomes Jonathan Cabot. He must penetrate a mountain fortress to compete in an ancient savage ritual. They call it the game. But nobody wins. And nobody lives. Until now. When gymnastics and karate are fused, the combustion becomes an explosion. And a new kind of martial arts superhero is born. Jim Kata. Welcome to the Cult Cinema Cavalcade. We are a podcast that discusses B-movies, sleaze movies, weird movies, off-the-wall sequels, anything crazy that might be torturous to watch, and sometimes always enjoyable. I'm Brandon, and this is your co-hoster, Cullen. Everyone calm down. Don't, don't rush the stage. It's okay. Yes, uh, welcome to you, the Indie PopCon Nursing Home Lunch Hour of 11 a.m., the, uh, the main event is here. So, without further ado, we could get into our movie that we'll be discussing, Jim Cotta. Cullen, why don't you give them a little bit about what Jim Cotta is about? Jonathan Cabot is a champion gymnast. In the tiny yet savage country of Parmistan, there's a perfect spot for a Star Wars site. For the U.S. to get the site, they must compete in the brutal game. The government calls on Cabot, the son of a former operative, to win the game. Cabot must combine his gymnast skills of the West with fighting secrets of the East to form Jimkata. Jimkata is rated R and directed by Robert Klaus. It stars Kurt Thomas, Techi Agbayani, Richard Norton, and Buck Cartelian. So, with Jimkata, it's, it's a crazy movie, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, our our uh, podcast can be found on our website, cultcinemacavalcade.com. We're also on iTunes. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Twitter, at CC Cavalcade. And you can send us an email if people do that, mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. 
if you type in cult cinema allocated into Google, you'll find it. I mean, there's nothing else called that, so it's, it'll be fine. We you know. pop right up. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this uh, movie is when we explained it to people on the floor yesterday, we said it's a gymnastics martial arts movie, and everyone's eyes went wide and their head whipped back. It's yeah. an accurate statement. That's, that's what most. That's what happens to people that meet uh, Kurt Thomas, star of Jim Cotta, as in the Jonathan movie. Cabot. <laughs> the the thing, and we also found people that knew of Jim Cotta. There was even a fan that was writing his own sequel to Jim Cotta. Yeah, he was, his friends were embarrassing him, but it was actually legit. He was writing a sequel to Jim Cotta. His face got red, and he ran away from us, which is pretty exciting. But the best thing, Jim Cotta, maybe at least check out the trailer because the trailer is. Outstanding. My wife, who likes none of these things, saw the trailer and said, I want to see that movie. And then she fell asleep 15 minutes in. But it was late. It's fine. It's fine. She saw the trailer. <laughs> so, Jim Cotta, let's go right into Jim Cotta because we are on a leash, right? <laughs> That's right. We are. On... Shortened for time. Uh, the movie starts with this just shot of a parallel bar that's a little bit overly dramatic in the angle. And we get the credits, but then a hand, a chalky hand, grabs the bar. And it's, it's our hero, Kurt Thomas, flipping around for a gymnastics event? The most uh, dramatic gymnastics event ever. It's There's a pitch black room. <laughs> it's, you know, you've seen, everyone's seen gymnastics, whether they'll admit it or not. And it's all flatly lit. It's all bright. This is, there's nothing but spotlights whipping across him the entire time he's doing gymnastics. And it's intercut with this, like, guy running away from ninjas on horseback in the woods. And it looks like they're chasing him to kill him, but he's going through an obstacle course. This bearded man. And he goes to cross, there's, like, ropes going across this little, like, river, and he goes to climb them, and a guy, another guy with a beard comes up and shoots him with an arrow, and he falls. And that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's how Jim Cotta opens. That's it. Uh, the gymnastics meet ends, and Cabot runs into a guy with a suit, and is like, you know, some business is going on because his happiness turns to, uh oh. Yeah, What's yeah. He knows who he is. None of us know who he is, and I don't think we ever learn who he is. He's like the government. That's about <laughs> all we get with that. That's what we need is a badge that just said government. Government. Been perfect. But there, during this time, I want to point out, there was a woman that they highlight as uh, Jonathan Cabot's walking away, this like longingly looking at him and like, oh, what, who's she? That's it. <laughs> yeah, she's sad that she leaves him, but it's never mentioned who she is. She never comes back. It's not important at all. So we probably shouldn't spend more time on her. Uh, this guy, he tells Cabot of his missing father, who was the guy with the beard that got shot with an arrow at the beginning, who looks like maybe 10 years older than Kurt Thomas. <laughs> yeah. But don't worry, there was a picture of him on, like, the mantle, like, with him and Kurt Thomas, and to make him more fatherly-like, he's got a little blazer on, and he's holding a pipe in his mouth with the picture. <laughs> it, was, it was like, it wasn't like hanging out, it was like a Sears photo. Yeah, the, the pipe it, was... Added 10 uh, years of age to him. It was perfect. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Um, but I guess on well, Father's Day, we got some amount guy and his oh, father. There Boom, right there. Perfect. We tied it in <laughs> to Father's Day. So there's this Khan, which I guess would be like a king. Yes, K-A-H-N, not C-O-N. Yeah. Khan. He's a, he leads Parmistan. 
And there's another bearded guy, which is like his henchman named Zamir, which we know is the guy who shot the father with the arrow. And there's a satellite so system that this guy has access to that could help people, but in the wrong people, hands of the wrong people could be disastrous. And, <clears throat> and John the Cap is like, well, why don't you send the military? But guess what? That's out of the question. Finesse is needed. <laughs> the type that a gymnast could have. If finesse, uh, as far as I can tell, when, the, when they actually start the, uh, the game, it's mostly rope climbing. Running and rope climbing. <laughs> I don't know, it's just someone that's just very muscular, just couldn't do this. Yes, and only one man can go, and he needs to play the game, which is run from ninjas and end up getting killed because no one survived. Yeah, there didn't, the, the rules on the game seem to be pretty loose. Like there's an obstacle course and ninjas will shoot you with an arrow. That's just, the game. The case, yeah, you run through a cornfield, there are ropes and there are arrows, and that's the yeah. game. They say no outsider has won in 900 years, but I'm not sure an insider had any better luck either. Yeah, and also the Outsiders one. It's not like this is like in the want ads, like wanted someone to play the game in Parmistan. You might die. What do you win? Question mark. Your life and you, yeah, you life and a request or something like that. Sure. So they have a leg up because the Khan's daughter, uh, the princess, is helping them out. She says uh, she'll be helping him with the training. And then she ties him up really quick and knees him in the crotch and karate chops him like up. Oh, He's going to have to get better. <laughs> like, I guess, was, yes. So th the big training montage happens. And here's what the training consisted of for going to the game. It was doing a handstand walking up the stairs, <laughs> punching this big guy in the woods, chopping logs in the woods while a man with a ginormous, a gigantic hawk yes. sits in the corner and watches and then running, a, running after a large man on a horse. <laughs> and then he does rope monkey bars. And no, is that, That's no, the game. No exaggeration. The hawk on the guy's arm is the entire size of his upper body. It's a genetically enhanced bird. It's ridiculous. Right. He also complains about the princess. But, uh, but who wouldn't? One morning, he greets the princess and has this fake conversation with her. Like, he's imitating her. And then being himself, but in, every time he changes character, he does a backflip. Well, not just a backflip, he does like a spinning, squatting yeah, flat backflip. Flat-footed, flat-footed. And, and he just does his conversation for a minute, and that's supposed to, like, it's because of this charming display of athleticism that she actually says her first lines in the movie. This, what, we're 20 minutes into the movie, she hasn't said a word yet? Something yeah. like that? Yeah, and then he kisses her, and she pulls a knife on him, and the, this kissing is the most uninterested I've seen two people in kissing each other <laughs> it's, uh, in forever. There's more passion when Marty McFly kisses his mother in Back to the Future yes. than in this kiss. Yeah, it's just... And I think she's just not into it, and then he's kind of, like, acting, like, totally, like, kiss acting with it. <laughs> and it's just uneven. It's, it's well, awful, and it happens more than once. Well, how can she not be uh, attracted to the physically fit Dana Carvey? Yeah. Because that's what Kurt Thomas is. Kurt folks. Thomas, yes. So later that night, he's briefed uh, with the colonel, and, or he bri he's briefed with guy in suit that works for government, and he provides him with, he says he's going to meet with this guy called the colonel, and he's going to provide him with weapons for the game. And then that, that night... There's a sensual massage with the princess, and, well, things happen. <laughs> and then there's awkward touching, 
in a bed with body oil. And more of that sweet kissing we just talked about. <laughs> yes, the electrifying kissing, yes. So we then cut to the Carabal on the Caspian Sea where we meet with the stork getting yeah. off the boat. And we know he's the stork because Jonathan Cabot says, they call him the stork. And that's, yeah. And that's it. It's that's like, it. All right, he's this like, skinny great. guy. Um, they go into a salt mine and he gets a, Jonathan Cabot gets a gadget that's just this like black thing that shoots a spring-loaded knife out. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I, it. That's, that's, the, that's the best technology in the whole movie. Right. Uh, then Cabot and the princess, they go shopping in town, and some guy throws water in his face for being an American, and then their tour guide gets nailed with an arrow, and there's a chase, and we get a fight scene with, guess what, cartwheels and flips. <laughs> yes, Jimkata happens. Jimkata. Which they never say the term Jimkata. They do not. It's on the poster. They say it in the trailer. They say it that's like right. on the back of the well, box. That, but I there's no... That's because this story is actually based on a novel called The Terrible Game. Now, I don't know how much, um, how much gymnastics are in that book, but it sure is in this movie. We did not read the book in preparation for this, so uh, sorry about that. That's our laziness. That's our, that's our fault. We're sorry. Any Terrible Game fans want to write us in and tell us the differences between the movie and the, uh, the book <laughs> and why the book is better than be our I'm guest? Sure. Well, Jimkata is probably better because it's shorter. Based, if it's yeah. anything like the book, shortness is nice. After he fights these guys, all of a sudden it's like a ghost town. Like everybody, everybody went yeah. home. And this town was, was bustling. And then like, I don't know, like, like what, five minutes later, empty. And then there's this like just random bleeding guy in the alley. So... That he, was, was that his bodyguard? It might have been his bodyguard. I just was like, oh, things got dangerous. One of, one of his crew got shot, I guess. Yeah. So the, he goes back to the stork. And the Khan knows every move they seem to be making, making. And the princess has been taken hostage, and Cabot wants to go to the rescue. And the stork says, no, it's a terrorist training camp. But he shows up at some house, which I'm guessing he just didn't listen and went to go rescue her. And uh, he gets spotted by these goons. So they chase through the streets. And this is one of the best moments, one of the first of great gymnastic moments in the film, well, where like, there's like, a, he turns down an alley. He's giving chase with these guys with the guns, and there is a parallel bar that is connecting the two buildings, just so wonderfully pa- placed. Yeah, this is the first real instance of awkward gymnast placement in the movie, because earlier in the movie when he's using Gymkata to fight, like, all right, it's kind of aerial, it's kind of goofy, whatever. It's Jackie Chan-like. It's like uncool Jackie Chan fighting. Yeah, like it's- but this is where he's actually using... <laughs> Like a device, like there's just a pole between the alley. Like, like why is there a pole there? Well, it's that's like convenient. A it's a straight up pole. Nobody so, dries their clothes that high. <laughs> no, they don't. And when he he jumps up to it, his hands are pre-chalked. Like, yeah. like you, like, like Spider-Man's got the webs. He's got the, ch- he's the got chalk. Like chalk little spitters. Yeah, like like, like he just I don't either that or he had like a bag of chalk like in his back pocket. He's like oh, just in case I find a bar to spin on. And the goons are so smart. Like they. All he does is spin on, like, he doesn't even do any cool tricks on the thing. He just spins as they one by one come down the alley and get kicked by him. He might, like, like, you know, spin the other way at one point. Right. He never, like, jumps off to, like, catch and get back on. It's, yeah, it's... It's like, it's like walking into a spinning blade, but the blade is Jonathan Cabot. Hey, don't walk into that blade. Oh, Oh, the blade got me. You got me, blade. You're so smart. Right, so... 
Every bystander ends up being gone, and then he goes back to the house, and there's just this creepy one-eyed guy with an axe that just comes down the stairs, and they, they fight when, and it ends when Cabot grabs a fire extinguisher, and the guy just, like, hits the axe, in, and he's like, ah, my eyes! <laughs> <laughs> I wish he said that in the movie. Yes. Ah, my eyes! Ah, my eyes! And so the main guy that's there with the princess that, you know, there's always that bedroom where they're just keeping the person hostage and there's the one guy waiting for, like, everything to go wrong and I'm the last line of defense type guy. <laughs> yeah. And it, so he picks up a gun and... Which makes sense because you can't punch bullets, so why wouldn't they be using bullets on this guy? Yeah. Uh, so one of his own guys comes through the door and gets shot by him and the princess then takes that time to knock the gun out of his hand and Cabot picks it up a gun, loose gun, and sh- shoots the guy, and they end up getting away and going through the streets. Yeah, the the chase scene. I don't know. There's no Jim Cotta in it. It is just them running for a while. Yeah, and they get away. They get back to the stork, and the stork then tells them, "These people have spies everywhere," which I guess is including him because he pulls a gun on them. Which but may- then, luckily, government guy is there. To shoot him. To shoot him, like, yeah. Which makes me wonder, why is the stork... Why didn't he just shoot him when Jonathan Cabot got there? Like, oh, you're here. Bang. Like, Let's go. Or when they got into this, all like, I don't know why that's the moment where, like, oh, no, because you, you said that he might want to keep his government contacts or whatever. So that does right. make some kind of right. sense. Right, so there might be, yeah, he might be like, oh, I'm, I'm the mole in here. If I yeah. kill these guys, I can still be the mole. Still. I don't know. It's, it's, it's Jim Cod. I've looked too much into it. Yeah, so they now go... I don't know wherever their way is to the game, and they're going. They're, they go down a <laughs> Jim Cotta rafting down a river. Yes, it is easier to get into the Mortal Kombat tournament than it is to get to the game in yes. Jim Cotta. Yeah, so they they go rafting down a river, and they they have a raft. Um, Kurt Thomas, John the Cabot, and the princess, and they get on the shore. And they're greeted by ninjas on horseback, which I don't know why that's funny to me, but ninjas on horseback <laughs> just seems... And they immediately fight. Just immediately, like, like welcome to Parmistan. Fight. Yes. We then, you know, Cabot gets beat up, and he... Well, he's, he also, he, he, in the fight scene, he does a crab walk. Oh, he does do a crab walk, yeah. It's, I wasn't aware that crab walking was a gymnastics move or, yeah, he, or a martial arts move, but he, he does a crab walk. Gym and, class crab walk, like, yes. yeah. And he does the crab walk, and he, ki- he like whips his foot up, and he kicks the guy in the face. Yeah, so he wakes up after he's been beat up in a bed with this, like, gross woman, and he's in the palace, and Zamir, the bearded man who shot his father with an arrow, he greets him, and he gives him kind of an itinerary of the events for the game, and tells him the, the princess is with her father, the Khan, and Khan then comes over and goes over the obstacles of the game with Cabot and some others because he will not be participating in the game alone. Yeah. There are some other kind of nameless, kind of they want to give character stuff to participants. What the, what they need meat to kill. That's what these characters are. And when I saw all these other characters, I thought, what do they have to gain from winning the game? I understand why Jonathan Cabot is there. Like, are these other people just like in, like in debt? And it's like, uh, can you help me out, Khan? I mean, I won the game. Can you just bail me? Like, I don't understand why any of these people would risk their lives to win this thing. Right. Uh, Khan addresses the people, 
and they have some convicts that they're sentencing to death that they want to be like, oh, you want to see what the game looks like before you go through the game? Well, here you go. And they set them loose through a, a version of the game. It's a mini game. Yeah, and, and everybody, if you want to watch the game, you have to like work out because you got to like run after everybody to watch yeah, what's going on. Yeah. And some of them are on horseback and stuff. It just looks like way too much... Yeah, there's no, there's no bleachers or anything like that to watch it. You have to chase these people. These people are supposed to be in good shape to run quickly away from the ninjas on horseback with arrows. Yeah. Uh, one guy gets, like, stabbed by one of the initial, uh, the ninjas officials um, right yeah, off like, the bat. Yeah, he's like, like he oh, he's, he's behind. He, yeah, he, he tripped. Like, that's enough. Yeah, and then there's a wall climb. Everyone's favorite, like, gym class activity. There's, like, yeah. just a hanging rope, and these people climb, and a ninja shoots an arrow at one of the contestants, and he falls down, you know, dead, and then the ninjas shoot their own ninja because he didn't wait long enough to shoot the guy? Like, well, we want to kill him, but not now. We want to give him a sporting like, chance before we murder him brutally with an arrow. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And, it's honor. And then we get to those dangerous, like, river-crossing ropes again where yeah, he's like, the last know, guy gets shot. You know, he's arms above his head doing that and that is that's tough I don't know why you wouldn't just hook your legs on there that'd make but, a lot easier but whatever like can you avoid an arrow being shot five feet away from you that's pretty much yeah, what happens is, <laughs> like what can you do there's, there's nowhere to move but I do like when people fall off that they just show them hit splat on the rocks they don't hit the water they hit the rocks on the yeah, side it's just of the a water. dead body right in the rocks yeah so after after this they have a medieval like feast like all of a sudden it feels like I was watching Deathstalker again. <laughs> yeah. We got three we watched three people get murdered. Let's have dinner. Yeah, and, and Cabot takes note that the princess is like with Samir and she's like saying I'm happy. And then Cabot asks uh, Khan about his father and he tells him, you know, your father was a good a competitor, but not victorious. So not competitive enough. Right. Uh, he announces then the wedding of the princess and Zamir. Following the game. Uh, these two characters that, as far as we know, have never spoken to each other. I don't think they've ever had a conversation. After all the blood is scraped up and the body's burned, we will have a wedding. <laughs> uh, then this guy named Thor shows up. Ex yeah, that's exactly. That's what he is. They, they a make big, a big deal of it. He's a big meathead guy. This just, just an enormous muscular man with a headband. And what uh, Jonathan Cabot says, like, I'm a, I've been a big fan of yours since what, Montreal. And Thor doesn't carry us, sits down, eats a turkey leg or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's like, who? What? But uh, Zamir then takes his time to take his shirt off and twirl his size around. And then he throws him at uh, Jonathan Cabot and they hit the wall. And he's like, she's mine. <laughs> no one's fighting So we have her. a love triangle now. I guess. Jim Cotta's got it all. I'd like to see at least uh, this guy kiss the princess to see if there's sparks there. And that way Jonathan Cabot would look over and like, okay, you know what? There's obviously nothing between us. You two have a future. I'm going to go. I'm going to bounce. Uh, during the night, uh, that ugh, woman uh, comes back to <laughs> Cabot's room, and he takes her like, by, with a knife and tells, him, tells her, you know, take me to the princess. And so he stops at the door and tells her to tell the princess to meet him at the garden. Like, he didn't... Could, he could have just said, hey, could you go tell the princess to go? He didn't go into the princess's room. Yeah, he no, dropped yeah. the woman yeah, off. It's like, weird. It's like he, he goes to her room, stands outside, like, okay, tell her to meet me at this time tonight. Like, why couldn't you? 
I don't think her life needed to be threatened to do any of this. Right, and then meanwhile, in the secret garden, where Cabot and the princess meet, uh, she tells him that it's a political marriage, and she says that Zamir is trying to overthrow her father, but refuses to believe it. And she said, talks to people um, wanting them to join the 20th century, and her father doesn't want to completely get into the 20th century, but he wants a hodgepodge, like, half and half thing. Yeah, it's clear he doesn't want to be in the 20th century because it looks like it looks like the set of Frankenstein. That's what it looks yeah. like. It's like that kind of technology. If yeah, that, it's isn't even that advanced. No, yeah, like, do you want to live in Deathstalker with ninjas? <laughs> that would be another name for this movie, Deathstalker with ninjas. Deathstalker with ninjas. Um, she then tells him the game is so violent tomorrow that no one will survive. Because who survived the game to begin with? <laughs> no one, no apparently. One. Thor might have. Yeah. We don't know. He's just a big muscular guy that shows up and is a big deal. Right. So they hear, the, they hear footsteps. Oh, and they split. And then ninjas spot Cabot. So we get some more Jim Gotta. <laughs> I don't think he punches anyone in the crotch this time. Almost every other fight scene, either his, his foot or his fist meets someone's crotch. Right, yeah. He, which, which, it's you his know, move. It's his... You know, that, 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 that's a legitimate uh, karate move, right? Yeah. Yeah. It works, right? The ball, the ball slap, that makes sense. Ninjas don't wear athletic supporters, right? They, so. <laughs> I don't know. They're mysterious. They're ninjas. We got some information on ninjas yesterday, and I didn't ask that. So, <sighs> Well, again, we didn't research it. We're sorry. We did not research. Um, the next day, uh, the con announces the game, and it starts, and right at the beginning, Thor knocks over his biggest fan, Jonathan Cabot. Which I think that, like, I was worried, well, not worried, but I thought he was screwed because, you know, he immediately trips. We saw a guy trip yesterday and was stabbed to death. <laughs> immediately. He was like, oh. <laughs> but no, Jonathan Cabot, due to the rules of the movie that he's the lead character, survives <laughs> the trip. Uh, and Zamir starts writing on, and Khan yells that uh, Zamir's breaking the rules. Yeah, who cares about the rules when you can just shoot someone with an arrow yeah. on a rope bridge? There's nothing... Oh, we forgot. There's a cornfield. That's how it starts. That's the beginning of the game. They yeah, run, they run through out, a cornfield. They, they run out the city, uh, the middle of the, the town, and then they run through a cornfield, and then they have to climb up the ropes, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then Cabot hides in there, and like Zamir is searching around, and the other contestants, they're at the ropes already, and Cabot gets there, and there's another contestant there, who's just shot down right away. But, and, uh, he doesn't make it to the top of the ropes. No. He, like, he just starts. And, he just then, starts. and then Cabot starts climbing, and they set his rope on fire, which immediately just... Yeah. I don't know if that would work. I don't think that would work like that. Well, he's got at least more of a sporting chance than an arrow being shot at him. He can move a little bit faster than the fire climbing. Right. You can't move faster than an arrow shooting directly at your body. So Cabot then goes... The, the ninjas... In the game, there are like official ninjas. Like they, they like tell you where to go. They right. tell you. And Cabot gets up to the top and he complains that Zamir's breaking the rules. And the ninja's just like, not this way, please. Now, next obstacle. Yeah, he's, he's a real uh, bureaucratic ninja. <laughs> yeah, he just gets ignored. So they go to the next station and another guy gets killed by like a spear thrown at him. So. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. We just needed to we cut him we down. We didn't even know his name. It was just some guy running by. <laughs> we thought at one point they lost track of one of the guys. Didn't we? There was, like, a guy in, like, a yellow jacket, and we thought they lost track. And 
Yeah, it's like from the, like from when the moment the game starts, you see him, and then you, then you just don't. Right, and then we get to the bridge over the river rope station. Right. That I that, we, that we've seen multiple people get shot straight in the chest. And this that's time, it. this time the guy gets like killed with a sword. They like, pull yeah. a sword and like swipe him. Yeah, like 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 he the the guy manages to go across the rope bridge without getting shot. He's the first person in this movie to do it, and then his reward a sword to the chest, and then he falls down just like anybody else did across the rope bridge. So Cabot gets there to cross, and Zamir shows up on the other side, and we're like, oh, like father, like son, and then Zamir cuts the rope with the sword, but Cabot manages to climb up and avoid it, and a sword ninja comes over. And he kicks him down to his, his ultimate doom. He uses Jimkata on the sword uh, ninja, yeah. That's right. And in first place, and Thor are running around, and they just decide to get in a fight where Thor just like, pummels this guy and strangles him, and he dies. And then Cabot and Thor get in a fight because Cabot stumbles upon it, and Cabot gets away, and he heads to the town of crazies, which is what it's called. The it town is of the town of crazies. This is a, this is a country that says, "Hey, I got an idea. Let's take all the mentally deranged people, put them in a town, and then they just live there. There's no support for them. They just live <laughs> their community. That's it. There's no food given to them. They just live and they're insane, and that's it. That's it. The 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 king of this <laughs> this country has decided that's acceptable. Yeah. So. Cabot enters and like an automatic gate shuts behind him because that's good for dramatic effect. Yes, the build up the tension. So uh, there's a goat that's just tied up in the middle of the square. I guess that's probably dinner for later, maybe. Sure. And a crazy old man like, like ha, 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 while he looks yeah, up at his window. He's just, he's just like standing there and just laughing. Like, what are you, what's the joke? And then he looks over, there's another old man and he's like, Sharpening a Sith or whatever the Grim Reaper uses. <laughs> hey, like, you, you know what's a great thing to give uh, people that are mentally unstable? Enormous blades. And Cabot then goes to a door which is booby trapped with like this like, psh, this like like trap door with needles on it that he mm-hmm. he doesn't get in. And first, then we get our first guy to jump down to attack him, and then he grabs like a hot pipe and is burning. And he cuts his own hand off, this guy that attacked Jonathan yeah, Cabot. Y- y- yeah, you think he's like, oh man, there's going to be a fight. And he just, he just, like, just like decides to cut his own hand off. Because. Uh, yeah, and it's right after this that, that Cullen, the guy that we lost track of, we get back on track with because we find him dead. And he's like pinned by a pitchfork and like other things to the wall. Yeah. So we're... So, so, there's, so there's a pitchfork. So we can assume that this town of crazies, they have the ability to farm. So yes. they're mentally unstable. It's like, man, we got to get the crops in, though. It's like, I'll, I'll get them back to eating my own poop you know, after this, and right. i got to cut my own hand off later. But right now, man, we got to get the harvest in. Yes. Uh, then these crazy women like, just start like, swarming Cabot, and then they like, try to attack him, but he, he punches a couple women, well. and, and they clear off. Uh, then another guy jumps down to, uh, in, to attack, and he beats him up, and then Thor shows up all bloody. Like, oh, he's back. So, <laughs> the bunch just shot him or something. There's it's a bunch of weird people just like slowly swarming this town, and Cabot runs away, 
and a, he runs into a, he walks by a guy who's like wearing another person's face on the back of his head. Like you see this face, and then the guy turns there's, around. There's another. Yeah, there's the, like the first face wearing. is unnatural, so you don't realize this was happening. And then like he runs down like an alley, and then uh, there's this guy. He's dressed like an all white robe, and he's just yeah. you know kind of waving him forward like this, you know. And oh, someone's like, gonna help. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Like he's like, oh, finally, I'm I'm I'm, I'm safe. And then he just slowly turns around. And his butt is just hanging out. Yeah, it's just like oh, but like the whole back of the robe, it, like it like, was open. It was like oh, it looked like this normal guy, like hey, over here, over here. And then he like turns around, like oh, are mentally it's unbalanced just, people known for just having their cheeks hang out? I don't is know. That, is that it? It felt like I was is in like a, like a mental hospital all of a sudden. With that. Like, <laughs> is that a Parmesan thing? Where it's like a tradition, like when well, you lose your mind, you gotta show your butt. Is it, was it his turn with the robes? Like, oh, you get the butt robe today. Like, oh, anyway, <laughs> well, I gotta get to the harvest later. Well, while Cabot's staring at his, his, uh, his cheeks, uh, Thor attacks him, but then they go to this pig pen, like there's this chase, and Thor ends up getting like, killed by all the crazies in the pig, like, pig pen while Cabot escapes through yeah, the like, town. So, so they raise livestock. The crazy people raise livestock. <laughs> They have to grow food for themselves and the livestock. Yeah. And then the, the group has outside has just gotten bigger with, like, weapons and stuff. But here we go. He runs to the center of this town. And what may be the highlight of this movie is there's this little, like, structure in the town that looks slightly like a pommel horse. It looks a lot like a palma horse. It's basically a palma horse that they, they say like they, they, they de- decorated to look brick or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but like like bricks around trying to disguise like no, it's not a pommel horse. What are you talking about? Like what else could it be? <laughs> what function could this have other than a pommel horse yeah, in the center of your town? And the real Jim Cotta begins. He jumps on and starts flipping around and like everybody from the town's running at him and he's just like kicking and twirling and again, man, kicking some Jim Cotta butt. Why would you why would you run into him? Why wouldn't you just, like just wait? wait for him to tire out, folks? Or throw a pitchfork at him. They have pitchforks. I don't know. Throw a pig at him. Anything. Don't just walk into his feet. So Cabot manages to get away, and there's a slow motion chase. Because they have to like, drag it out the feature length, I assume. Yeah, and he, he climbs up a wall in this small alley, and there's just all these people below, and a ninja comes down this the stairs above him and he's like oh it's like oh but the ninja helps him up and then the ninja takes off his mask and happy father's day it's dad he's alive his yeah. dad is alive he, yeah jonathan or uh, jonathan cabot's dad survived an arrow to the chest earlier in the movie <laughs> senior cabot yeah so we go back to the princess who's complaining about her father to zamir and she warns he's going to overthrow you. You won't be able to send people through this death game anymore. You know, he's going to overthrow you. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> maybe that's a good thing, I would say. And she's like, the American is our only chance. So uh, Father Cabot and Jonathan Cabot, they, you are like, oh, yeah, you're back, you know. And right immediately, he gets another arrow in him, <laughs> in his back. <laughs> yes. Like, hi, Dad. Oh, ugh. <laughs> Seems pointless to bring him back to kill him off five minutes later. Yeah, so... It's Zamir again. So Zamir has shot his father with an arrow twice in an hour and a half. <laughs> well, in the movie, I mean, it's been longer for him. <laughs> right. So Cabot then takes a horse, rides off, and Zamir gives chase. And then Cabot and Zamir have fisticuffs, in which ends in Cabot, you know, 
getting his legs around him and breaking his neck. Zamir's gone. Which, uh, I got to say, um, I'm kind of on Zamir's side. I might be, because... Well, we don't know what, what he was trying to overthrow. Was he like, oh, we can't have these people being sent to the death all the time? Well, yeah, or but, was he like, we need it, to have these but people... But he could overthrow uh, King Khan and maybe end this game. Maybe that's what he was trying to do. We don't know. He was trying to overthrow his father, because... Have, have we reached the, um, yeah, yeah, you know, the next part is coming up where uh, all of, like, uh, Zamir's men mm-hmm. come after the, uh, Khan and, and the, the princess. princess. Yep. And when this was happening, I thought, are we supposed to feel sympathy for him? He runs a country where he <laughs> rounds up all the mentally unstable people in a town, make them fend for themselves, and he also hosts a game where people could pretend... Just murder each other. Yeah, nobody wins the game. Exactly. Why this, do I feel this? There should have been an. This guy should have been overthrown to begin with. It's like trying to feel sympathy for President Snow in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Why would true. I want this guy to live? Right. So, the princess, the father, they're escaping, kicking, kicking some ninja butt, and the city's going crazy. Cabot shows up, and his dad is. Alive with an arrow in him on his back, we think. Yeah, that's right. Father Cabot is immune to arrows, apparently. Yes. So then the princess jumps on the horse with Cabot. The freeze frame, uh, the screen freezes, and in 1985, the first early warning Earth station was placed in Parmesan for the U.S. Star Wars defense program. That's it. That's the end. <laughs> that's how it ends. What happened to this town? Was the Khan arrested for holding these illegal games? Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like once. Like, shouldn't the UN be interested? Like, hey, you can't, you can't murder people. Like, you, you can't do this, King. I'm sorry. I know you're King, but there's human rights issues here. You, you just can't do this. No, that's it. That's Jim Cotted. Like, that, oh, that's the end. It was a terrible game. It was a terrible game. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, we definitely, yeah, saw the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Is there more you'd like to discuss on Jim Cotter? <laughs> Through that? <laughs> well, thank goodness they... Well, okay, the whole point of Jonathan Cabot winning the game uh, was to get the Star Wars satellite station there. Here's the thing. Satellites, you can put them anywhere in space. Why is it so critical <laughs> to put this station in this one crappy country that apparently hates technology? And why didn't anyone just ask? <laughs> Do we know if anyone has? Take our top U.S. gymnast, send him through an, a deadly game, and maybe he can get it done. Our top U.S. gymnast. It takes finesse. Why didn't they get, I don't know, a Green Beret or a Navy SEAL? Just anyone that has combat training. I would have taken Danton from Deadly Prey over Jonathan Cabot any day. Oh, he needs a, a pair of shorts. He doesn't need anything else. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that's, that's Jim Cotta. Um, we move on now. We like to uh, rate the movie we just watched at the end of every episode. We have our own little rating system. Since we're a cult cinema cavalcade, we kind of try to come up with, like, cult terms for everything. And our first option is you can stay with your family, which means basically you're not recommending this movie at all. Like, you're like, no, don't want to watch it, wasted my time, ugh. Uh, the next option we have is converted, which means you, you like the movie well enough, you're solid on it, but, you know, that's good. And then we have drinking the Kool-Aid, which means uh, you're all in. You will, you're going to leave today. You're going to study Jim Cotta. 
You're gonna get. You're gonna build a pommel horse. Build, befriend some ninjas, and start and go to a game, which probably leads in your death. So, Cullen, how do you rate Jim Cotta? Uh, this movie is. Um, it's like the movie was made on a bet. Uh, like, I bet you can't make a movie with gymnastics and karate. I bet I can. I can't wait to win all the money from you instead of making a good movie and earning money from that. Um, the, the pommel horse part alone is worth seeing. Like I said, people are running up to him and kicking him in the face. With no exaggeration, there's about 50 people he kicks in the face. I, I, it's approximate. That's not an exaggeration. Like, 50 people. Like, after, like, I don't know, 12, like, maybe we should wait a tick, guys. Nope. And they kept it in. They decided that's good for this movie. So just to see things like that, the, um, the ludicrous action that you can only get in, a, like, an 80s movie is definitely worth seeing. So I say I am, I am converted on Jimkata. Brandon, what do you think? I, I'm definitely, I'm going to go with, I'm going to have a stipulation with it here. <laughs> I'm going to say with the film Jimkata... I'm converted. It's solid. It has, it's got really big highlights. It's really stupid to laugh at, but there are some dragging points of the film, and it doesn't really get consistently what you want. You'll remember it pretty fondly because of the things you did see, but, but I think it's worth seeing once. Like, you know, oh, this is silly. And you know why once? Because I will recommend drinking the Kool-Aid on the trailer for Jim Cotta. <laughs> it's one of the most amazing trailers I've ever seen, and if you watch that and don't and aren't tempted to see Jim Cotta, be like, what? What? It's just every like parody trailer of like action stuff from this era has to be like pulling from the Jim Cotta trailer. The, in the trailer, there's only the uh, uh, the uh, narrator. There's no dialogue from the movie, and it's the Canon Films narrator as well. Yeah, it's got freeze frame like stop points. It's well, the guy in the he's just like uh, Jonathan Cabot must play what is known as the game. Yeah. It's so over the top. Yeah. So yeah, definitely Jim Cotta. I'd say I'm converted on that. But the, the trailer is the most amazing thing to come from this movie. That's right. If you can watch like if there's like a half hour sizzle reel of this thing, that's probably better to watch. It's probably. But, but it, if you want to know the full force of Jim Cotta, you need to watch the movie. The movie. Yes. So and that's it for Jim Cotta. Um, and our episode. So, as we said, we're Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Um, you can find us. We post uh, new episodes every other Monday, which tomorrow we're posting a new episode. Um, so that means you have to wait two weeks. It gives you time to watch the movie, to play along with us when we do this. Or, you know, if you're not interested, we go through the movies pretty thoroughly. Uh, maybe a little bit more detail than normal because we have a shortened window here. But um, you can find us at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at CC Cavalcade. And our email is mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Our next episode, which is tomorrow, post in the morning, is Mars Attacks, the Tim Burton film. The um, other alien. Yeah, the other alien version, uh, invasion film from 96, since Independence Day Resurgence is coming out Friday. We threw that in there because that came out the same year as Independence Day, and they have relatively the same subject matter with just a different tone. <laughs> yes, there's a different tone. That's accurate, yes. Yes, yeah, so we'll be doing that, so check it out. Download it, listen to it streaming. We're all uh, part of the Creative Zombie Studios network, so there's that. And then following Mars Attacks, we have a July 4th episode, because our, uh, our episode just happens to land on July 4th, where we're doing American Ninja. So so if you... I've not seen American Ninja before. I, I My expectations are high. I hope it at least matches the 
intensity of Gymkata. And if you want to listen to this episode again, uh, we will be posting it probably next Monday, so the in-between, so you'll have that. Yeah. So. All right, thanks for, thank you for coming thank you for out. All lunch. of you, thank you for um, having us go through your ears while you're downing your pizza. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the Creative Zombie Studios Network and on Twitter at my name is Cullen. You can find more of my work on whysoblue.com. My Twitter handle is at btpeters. Our producer is Brad Shoemaker. Podcast edited by Brandon. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf found on the free musicarchive.org website. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please join us again in two weeks for our next episode of... Cult Cinema Cavalcade.